Before we get started with this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, let me let you know that it's brought to you by Draft, draft draft.com. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft. Playing a real-life NBA, NFL, or for this podcast purpose, PGA Draft right now. Be done drafting in under five minutes and get paid out the day the tournament is done. The PGA version is great. You draft, you enjoy the four days, and you collect your money Sunday night. Drafts are filling every second so you can join them whenever you want. All new players, this is the catch. All new players, when they make their first deposit, get entry into a real money draft by using the promo code SD Sports. You gotta use the promo code SD Sports to get that free entry. That's right, playing a real money draft for free by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. For some crazy reason you do not like draft, they are offering a hundred dollar money back guarantee. Just search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play for free right now. But you have to use the promo code SD Sports. Void or prohibited, must be 18 or older. See website for details. Offer must be redeemed within 14 days. Now, welcome to this week's edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Lay. Yeah. Yeah. is in the building. Yeah. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. Today we'll be previewing the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the Northern Trust, 125-man field. In order to do so, I'll have my co-host, as always, Jesse. How we doing, man? I'm doing well, dude. Uh, coming off another PGA Tour event and going into another one here, and we've only got four left in this season. Can you believe it? Yeah, it's crazy. Four left, and we just have these last two that actually have cuts, and then it just turns into chaos. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I know we've talked about it many times, those no-cut events, but, yeah, I, I just can't stand them. So it'll be fun. You'll hear uh, some tilted – Tilted analysis in a few weeks, I have a feeling, but uh, the bright side is we get the Ryder Cup coming up a little bit after that, so pick your poisons. For sure. But before we get into the actual Northern Trust action of all this, um, I know you were busy this weekend. Happy Blade of Birthday, by the way. Thank you. And and um, I had a tournament on Sunday, so I had limited golf on Sunday overall, not much, and kind of wasn't overly thrilled with it, as people that listen enough by now know. We seem to look to watch a lot of golf when it matters. Um, some of these don't really tickle our fancy a ton. And um, I guess the, be- the best I can say is congrats, congrats to Brent Stenecker. Fired off a 59 on Thursday. And at least he got to finish it off because that would have been kind of rough if he doesn't finish off a 59 with the title. But uh, any thoughts on Brent getting through it the second time he's won here? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys who I would consider probably due, overdue for a win there. Um, that 59 on on Thursday was a lot of fun to watch. Um, he was just making everything except for a six footer on a 17, his 17th hole. Um, and then he drains a, a 20 footer on his, on his 18th hole to get the 59. So, um, pretty good stuff from Brandt. Uh, he looked good and was, was, uh, 
he's obviously played well. I mean, to finish it off to five under to, to win by three, he played very well. So be interesting to see his, uh, how, how he plays into this week. Cause he's, he's got quite the, well, I guess it's a decrease from last week, but from the usual fields he's been in, um, the big time fields, you know, he's got a pretty good price increase from like the last major, let's say. Yeah. There's a couple guys when I was going through the pricing that, um, stand out a little bit compared to, you know, when we've seen the major fields and all that kind of stuff where they kind of decrease, not so much, but then there's a handful that definitely took that bump down. Um, yeah, Brant got it done. I've been fading Brant for a long time and he finally proved me wrong. So good for him. But, uh, overall an interesting week out of five or six, get home a four or six, almost get home. It was just so tilting. Um, what took place over the weekend, uh, Sergio Garcia missing the FedEx cup playoffs for the first time in his career. And it's because he basically shot even par on Sunday. If he shoots one or two under on Sunday, he's into the FedEx Cup playoffs. So that's pretty interesting there. Other than yeah. that, I didn't have, a whole, didn't have a whole lot of other takeaways unless you did from the weekend. I, I didn't. Uh, other than that, I mean, it was it was another PGA Tour event. Um, but did you see uh, they uh, um, on last night for the Web.com tour? Did you did you you probably didn't watch any of that? Did you? Are you talking about the seven iron gone wrong? No, I'm talking. Well, besides that, <laughs> dude, dude broke his seven iron and, and drilled somebody, I guess, in the head with it. But other than that, I'm talking about uh, coming up 18. This guy had a chance to chip it in to get inside the top 25 in money and and get his PJ Tour card for next year. And I mean, it rolled right up to the hole and just just barely missed. And like he just started crying. It was it was that that part of it wasn't cool to watch but it was fun to watch the end of that because there was i mean those guys like you can tell like with sergio he's got plenty of money he doesn't give a shit i mean i'm sure he does to a certain extent but well, sergio already said he's going to to europe to play the next three events on the euro tour so you know he's got other things to do these guys you know on the web.com are out there grinding trying to make it and um you know if you play golf you know how difficult it is day in and day out and there's a lot of emotion there, but I thought that was pretty cool to watch. Yeah, and a related note, um, like Grandolet uh, tweeted out his first year as a rookie, he was like, he, he missed the cut at the event at the Wyndham. He was sitting like 122 or 123, and he really ponied up at the bar at the clubhouse Saturday and Sunday watching the leaderboard <laughs> trawl through to see if he'd make it in, and he, he got in. And then um, like yesterday they interviewed uh, Harris English, who snuck in because he shot like like just enough like if he was one shot off he wouldn't have got in basically and uh you could see you could just hear him the relief on him like his voice when he got in it was pretty crazy wasn't it johnson wagner too who holed out on the on his last hole on yeah so on friday like really late friday he had to make two which is an eagle on the 18th hole in order to get through the cut and get the opportunity to secure his pga tour card and and he made it did you see that shot yeah, I had I had him on my four or sixteen. He was very nice. Can you imagine with, though? Like, yeah, I mean, the, to, the way he like if if you watch that swing, like he finished it and he was on one leg, like what the fuck are you doing? And he fucking holds it out. I mean, just right in the hole, like fly, you know, right in the. It was crazy. Things you and I would never get to do. So no. it's Negative. pretty cool. But uh, enough with the Wyndham. Let's get on to the Northern Trust. But again, before we do so. What do you have going on at Fanshare this week? Um, just probably a lot of my usual stuff. I didn't get a chance to, to get that done today. Uh, work got in the way, but uh, I'll get a lot of the usual stuff uh, out tomorrow. So I didn't get a chance to check anything out today, to be honest with you. 
no worries at all. Uh, before we do the Northern Trust, just a quick rundown of the FedEx Cup format coming up. Yeah, the Northern Trust this week with 125, the top 125 in FedEx Cup points. Next week, the Dell Tech Championship with 100 players, BMW Championship with 70, and then the Tour Championship with 30. Uh, the final two events, correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse, are non-cut events. Correct. So this is what we get to look forward to the last four weeks of the season. Uh, between the BMW and the Tour Championship, I believe there is a week off. So we have all that going on in the next few weeks. It'll be lots of good golf, top players in the world we have a few off taken this week off stinson was uh withdrew uh ricky fowler is injured with an oblique hopefully he's back for the bmw um rory mcelroy took the week off some of the big names that aren't going to be there but uh should be still a fun course and a fun tournament this week why don't you give us some past event history of the tournament yeah, so this tournament moves around. Um, the last time it was played at this same golf course was 2014. It's This is Ridgewood Country Club. Um, so the last time it was here is 2014, but obviously they've played this year for, or this played this golf course or played this golf tournament um, a lot of years. Uh, it was the Barclays. Last year it was the Northern Trust. Dustin Johnson was your winner. Um, but the year before that it was, it was the Barclays for a long time. Um, Patrick Reed, Jason Day, the two winners, 2016, 2015. Like I said, Hunter Mayan was the the winner in 2014 at when it was played here last. Um, so I don't I don't know what that means other than he won. Uh, it was also played here in 2008, and VJ Singh won, and uh, Sergio Garcia was second, and Kevin Sutherland was also tied for second there. So no no course history this week, which is going to suck. But I mean, it's kind of your event history, I guess, if you want to even think about that yeah there's a handful of guys that have played this course and i have a couple stats on them but nothing crazy because there's either 14 10 or 8 were the three times they've played this this course yeah so really nothing crazy i think it's a big week for recent form and um shot makers which we'll talk about in the course preview um it is ridgewood country club as you mentioned up in new jersey the country club is a 27 hole course and Last time they played here, they took a certain route through the course. This year is going to be different. They're going to play the one through seven on the east, two through six on the center, and four through nine on the west and kind of make it all mix and match. And it's supposed to flow a lot smoother than it has in years past. Um, it's a par 71, 7,385 yards, four par threes, 11 par fours, three par fives. The three par fives are not going to be getting two and two. Very, very difficult unless they're unless like a DJ or a Brooks or someone absolutely tattoos one. Very, very difficult to get there in two. It's a lot of uh, three-shot holes. Six of the 11 par fours are under 450, leaving five of them over 470 yards. Um, so some of those are very, very difficult. Um, it's a little more challenging in the last couple of courses, but at the same time, it, a lot of it will play the same. You kind of have a lot of tree-lined fairways. You have to make your shots to get the proper approach into the greens. Um, it's not a super complicated look, but if you are off by any means, you're in trouble. As the rough, again, is really, really thick. It'll be really, really penal. It'll almost turn into a penalty stroke again because you're not going to be able to attack the greens. And the greens are rather small, very undulating like last week, but smaller than last week. And a ton of bunkers in the fairways and around the greens. There's a couple holes that are just almost all surrounded. If you don't fly it and land it, you're in trouble. So it'll be uh, very interesting to see how that plays through. But stay out of the rough and you have a great shot. Like simple guys that can be like a three wood or a driving iron in the middle of the fairway right where they want it. They'll have decent approach shots in a little longer than they might want them with their driver, but they'll have much more success most likely. So that's kind of the approach you're looking for. 
Um, if it gets wet, which it did, I think in 2010, they were saying, or might have been 14, um, you can use the driver a ton more because it'll stick more, not roll out into the fairway. Um, it, that's been the biggest debate wherever I read and people t- tweeting today, is this less than driver course? I guess it depends on how accurate you are with your driver. That's pretty much how you feel about it. If, you, if you're really confident in it, then yes. If you're a guy that kind of sprays a little bit, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble real quick with your driver. So anything else I missed on that one, Jesse? Bent grass. Did you mention that? Greens? No, bent grass, greens. There you go. That should be about it, I believe. But all right, before we get on to the actual picks, uh, I kind of hit on the stats I'm looking at. What are you looking at, Jesse? Uh, we will be uh, looking at a lot of the same stuff as usual, um, namely DraftKings points, uh, strokes gained, total, greens and regulation, proximity. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea to look at sand save, you know, because there's so many bunkers on this golf course. It's ridiculous. The, like, this would be my hell because I've gotten better out of the bunker, but for years I just – it was like I could play from one bunker to another if I did it just right. Um, yeah, I'm looking at accuracy, approach to the green. A um, lot of good iron players. You're going to see with my picks, there's been a lot of similarities out of recent weeks with what I like this week. And knock on wood, it's been okay so far. So we'll uh, hope that run continues. Let's talk about a little fan share sports before we get into the DraftKings. Uh, it's a great site. If you're not using it for golf, you're really missing out. Great projections. Uh, I know low, or Jesse and I check it out a lot. Logan's been pretty darn spot on or pretty darn close to being spot on in his projections week in and week out. Their uh, lineup optimizer starting to work out pretty well, plus all the other content they have out there. Um, one thing I like to give you guys is looking back at kind of recent form and past event history and see how guys play with DraftKings points because it's one thing we talked about in the past is guys scored differently. Like two weeks ago, Finau blew up the field. Um, this past week, yes, they were priced differently, but RCB and Chris Kirk finished the same RCB, I think had like 20 something more fantasy uh, draftings points than him. So it's just, um, the little things you got to look at. And that's what we do for this. Um, last year at this event for players in this field, Jordan Spieth led the way at 113.5 DraftKings points. DJ was second, John Rom third, Johnny Vegas, fourth, Justin Thomas, fifth, Casey, sixth, Kevin Chapel, eighth day, ninth Rose, or Rose, ninth Kuchar, 10th. But what's crazy is, you know, Spieth was 113.5, Johnson won 12.5, then it drops to 96, 91, and then into the 80s. So there was a couple guys that just torched it. Um, Spieth had 22 birdies to go with his seven bogeys um, and really took advantage of scoring, and that was due to his accuracy and his putting back then, which we don't quite see as often these days. When you look at recent form, last three events to play in this field, DraftKings points, DJ leads the way as we would expect the way he's been playing of late. But I know a guy you like, and I'm probably thinking you might be on him later today. Uh, Joel Dahman is second, averaging 108 DraftKings points per outing, which is pretty darn good. Uh, Snedeker's third, Fleetwood's fourth, even though Fleetwood people saying aren't isn't playing well. He's fourth in DK points, followed by Molly at five. Gary Wilden's coming in strong at six. Varner, Tiger Woods is eighth. Brooks Kopka ninth. And Keith Mitchell last week really helped Killer Keith out. He got the ten. And if you want to go a little deeper, I know it's getting a little long-winded for y'all, but uh, if you the last six events, DJ still leads the way, but Molinari, then Fleetwood, then Kopka, Finau, Domin's sixth here, Cantley seventh, Woods, Justin Rose, and Justin Thomas. So a lot of good players coming into really, really good form into the weekend. And the last thing I'll mention before we get into DraftKings points, 
if you like their golf product, go check out their football product they have coming on. They've already like signed up a bunch of guys to write, and they have some really good deals with like Elliot Chris from the Quant Edge, who I've had on bench with Bubba, and a lot of other good stuff there. And they're doing an early bird special that if you're going to do it, if you like football or golf and you like to play DFS football, you will like their product, and you're better off doing it now than later. So uh, go check that out and get that early bird special in there. Now that that's all said and done, Jesse, I apologize. Let's get into um, the DraftKings action for the week. We'll do our usual to start with the 10K and above pricing. we got Dustin Johnson leading the way, uh, Justin Thomas, Jason Day, Brooks Kafka, and then Tiger Woods. What do you like in here? Yeah, the uh, I'm just going to start off by saying that I think this is a very stars and scrubsy type of week. Um, I like a lot of guys down in low like in the low sevens low sixes or high sixes um so i'll probably play you know guys in this area um number one dustin johnson i mean i don't really know he's like first in everything in, in the world ever um he's like the greatest golfer in the last 24 rounds for sure at least so anyway that, he's obviously very playable i think jt's playable too um one guy who I think is very interesting, I think Brooks is playable. I'm, I probably won't play Jason Day, but, but Tiger Woods would be, you know, right up there as far as like his stats go. They line up pretty good. Um, and at ten one, I think he's worth a shot. Um, I do think Ro- well, we'll talk about Rose more in a minute, but I think he'll be more popular. Brooks, I mean, he's sandwiched kind of there. Tiger's ownership has been down. So, I mean, you know, he was 7% owned in GPPs um, at the PGA Championship, 20% the week before in a no-cut event. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it, it depends. To, it, it really depends on, you know, how highly touted he is and that kind of thing. But he's, like, his golf game is trending towards a win at some point. So, I you know, I'd like to be on there when – I'd like to be on him when he does. So, I think is I don't think this is a bad week to play him. Um, I don't mind stacking him and Dustin Johnson actually. Yeah, like you said, this is a very big time stars and scrubs week. There's a lot of low sevens and six guys that I can really wrap my head around, and I'm pretty sure you can too, which um, will make this interesting. Which makes me also think maybe balance might be way different this week compared yeah, to the week. It very well could. But. Um, before I get to the guys I like here, how chalky do you think Woods will be though compared to coming off that week you just had? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like I don't know. So he was uh, at the WGC Bridgestone, which is no cut event. He was twenty percent owned. You know, he's around there at the Open and at the Quicken also, a um, little bit less, seventeen and sixteen respectively. And he's, you know, he's got three. Top tens in his last four events. Uh, the one, the lone outlier there is the Bridgestone event. Um, so people are going to see that. His stats are good. I, I I don't see him going under the radar this week. But like with so many options up top, could spread it out a little bit. So you know, I would I would say around twenty percent in GPPs. I don't think he's a bad cash game play at all if you play cash. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the two guys I do like up here is DJ. Like you said, he's the best out there. There's really, it, it sounds too easy just to say it this way, but he's that good. And he's a guy that can hit his driver accurately. And when that thing is hit, if he's going to hit that thing accurately this week, he is going to be able to really just kind of, I wouldn't say wedge it in there, but he's going to be able to hit like a nine iron in there where everybody else is hitting six irons. Um, it's going to really change the game 
So DJ, I like a ton this week. And then my guy, you said you're not going to play him. I love Jason Day. I was a big fan of him his last time out at WGC. He had like a hiccup in one of his rounds, but overall still played really well. He has four straight top 20s. I know paying up here, you want that, that big-time finish. But if you do go course history here, and it's three times here in 14, 10, and 8, he has a T2, a T5, and a T31. So he does play well at this course. And with him, it's always, is he going to spray it? And lately he hasn't sprayed it. He's figured that out. Getting off the tee has been the biggest concern. He's, his iron game is strong. His short game has been pretty good. So J-Day at 10-7 is the guy I like up here outside of DJ. I'm curious also, I think Brooks Kapka is going to go quite overlooked this week. What are your thoughts on that? I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't think Tiger's so. Right there. I, I, I would say Jason Day would be the lowest owned of this bunch. So like if I ranked them as far as like ownership, I would probably go DJ, Tiger, Brooks, JT, Day. Um, in that order, as far as ownership goes, I I just don't like his stats. Jason Day stats don't line up very well from what I'm looking at. Anyways, he does have four top twenties in his last four starts, which is pretty fucking good. But, um, I don't know. I just, I, I I mean, he was pretty popular at the PJ championship, but before that he's not been. So I I would say he's be less owned than, uh, but I mean, Brooks, I don't, I don't see him going overlooked to be honest with you. Okay. Let's go to the 9K range. we got Justin Rose at 99, Rom at 97, Spieth, Molinari, Fleetwood, Simpson, Stenecker. This is the place I can really dig in. Like the 10 and above was great. This is great. Before you get started, Rose, in my opinion, should have been on the 10 and aboves. What, <laughs> what's your thoughts on this 9K range? Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. I mean, he's playing some pretty good golf right now. So Is he like the I mean, number two or three player in the world? Yeah, I guess he's – I haven't looked at the world rankings recently, yeah. but he's, he's, he's up there for sure. So – um, at 9,900, I could see him being kind of chalky. I do think though, like if you start here with Rose or Rom or whoever here in this range, um, besides Spieth, don't play Spieth, then, um, you know, you could be, you can get different. Uh, so the guys that I'm looking at, obviously Rose, um, I think Rom's playable, Molinari, Tommy's play is, is very playable as well. I think Webb Simpson's interesting. So he shoots eight under, um, on uh sunday uh last week at the Wyndham, um he's not a really good putter on bent grass but uh he's playing well um he's trending in the right direction uh continues to gain strokes um every week so you know he's interesting and, and i can definitely see him and brant snedeker being the two like least popular options in this range um but you know if if, if i'm going to play anybody for me it would be moley and, and rows in this range for sure. And then uh, with like, you know, Fleetwood as well. Yeah, I absolutely love Justin Rose. I'm with you at 9,900 bucks. It's one of those, like I said, there's so many options in the sevens and six. I might just eat the chalk up top and go because the only way he's not chalk is if people go real heavy up top and like mix like a, like a Woods and a DJ or something. Then we'll yeah. dodge that bullet. But it'll be interesting to see how these lineups get constructed this week. But I love, love Rose at 9,900 bucks. And after that, if you don't want to go Rose, I could literally start off with a Molinari Fleetwood lineup and be just happy with that one. I could go those two right out the gate and be very comfortable with them because it's uh, Molinari. We talked about it time and time again on courses where you need good accuracy and a good iron game. He's that guy. He's never flashy, but we're seeing everything turn into form with him. And then Fleetwood's like that GPP guy that we know can win any tournament he's in, no matter the size of the field or the talent of the field. He just has those weeks where you're like, what the heck are you doing out there? Like, yeah. what happened? And he's still, even in those weeks, he has like one round where he just dominates the course. 
just crushes the course. But he's I'm just he's gonna break through real soon. You just gotta feel it. He's gonna have one of those weekends where it just it all comes together. And uh, a Molinari Fleetwood combo I do like a lot. And then I agree with you on Webb. Um, again, a, a shot makers type course. He fits that very very well. And um, I think he's play, you talk about any guys in recent form. He's an outstanding recent form. T25 or better in four straight events. T19 or better in three of those four. Um, and he fits this mold very, very well. So at 9,200 bucks could be a steal. And I think he'll go extremely low overlooked in this, uh, in this price range. So I think that's a, a nice play there. So for me, it's Rose, Molly, Fleetwood, and Simpson. And I'm, I'm really, really starting to debate the, the Molly Fleetwood combo and, uh, attack the rest. It might be a, an all foreign invasion coming to the, uh, to the, the Northern trust. We shall see. Let's get into the 8k range. Uh, Adam Scott, Matsuyama, ZJ, Cantley. Dino, Patty Reed, Paul Casey, Matt Kuchar, Tyrell Hatton, and Bubba Watson. Uh, I'll kick us off here. There are a couple I like here, and you'll probably like some other, but uh, ZJ, I if people haven't listened long enough, I pretty much will play ZJ every day if he's in the 8Ks or below because, to me, cash games especially, this guy you just put in your darn lineups. This is consistency. Five straight T20s or T19s are better, I should say. And there's two trips here, a T22 and a T21. Um it's going to be echoing things I say a lot, but this is an iron guy that gets off the tee, plays very well. Uh, ZJ87 bucks is a cash game lock, and I like him in GPPs as well because we see he can contend. Uh, Patrick Patrick Cantlay at 86, I think he'll be very popular, but a very good looking play as well. Patty Reed's the interesting one because he, you know, played really well, won the Masters, kind of up and down, but then played well again, and he's not really flashy. He's like a T25 to T30 guy coming off a missed cut now. I think the ownership on Reed will be really, really low, and he's a guy that rises to the occasion more often than not. So at 8,400, I could definitely give him a, a nice look at this one. And then last but not least, a play that I absolutely love, and I'm afraid of how chalky he will be is Matt Kuchar at 8,200 bucks. Uh, I know he hasn't lit the world on fire, you know, miscut T14, miscut T9, miscut, but at this course especially, a T5 and a, and a, a W. So he, he knows what he's doing here. He's not coming in the best of form, though. So if, you, if you're worried about that, I get it. But 8200 bucks for Cooch, I think, is outstanding. So ZJ, Cantlay, Reed, and Cooch, or ZJ and Cooch are my two favorite in this range. What are you liking at the 8K, Jesse? Yeah, I can get behind the Cantlay call. Um, I was actually looking at you know ZJ's some stuff on ZJ before, and he's actually got some pretty good, like you said, course history. And he's actually got some good stats around this place. Um, I'm not waiting that this week just because it's you know it's been – but, I mean – Course history is course history. So, if you're into that thing, which which I usually am, um, I definitely would uh, would put some stock into that. Uh, Cantlay, like I said, Paul Casey, I think is playable at 8,300. I'm um, not really sure what he's been up to recently. Finau's the guy who's like super interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. And so, obviously, at the PGA Championship, he was the chalk of the chalk. 35% owned in GPPs, 70% owned in cash games. Just blows my mind. But either way, um, he's been lo- he lost strokes at the PGA Championship, um, tee to green, and like gained seven shots putting, which is just incredible. He's gained th- putting. He's he's gained shots putting three three tournaments in a row, which is weird for him because um, you traditionally don't think of him as a good putter. Uh, but so if he can figure out the TD green game, I think this could be a week where, you know, he really, really plays well. 
Um, and obviously he needs to do that in order to, to finish high. So I'll be interested to see like his kind of tout factor. And, and sometimes like, like he's just, doesn't matter. He's just popular, even if he's not highly touted. So be interesting to see on Tony, but, uh, I do like him, um, and can't lay as well. Uh, and then Paul Casey too. I don't mind Kucher at all. Uh, I think Tyrell Hatton might be, might be playable. I wouldn't play Bubba most likely. Um, and then Hideki eh, and Adam Scott. I don't know. Like, I just don't know if I can. I really don't know if I can watch Shot Tracker with him. I mean, I know he putted better, but still, you know, at 8,900, you, you're looking for a top 15 ish out of him at, at 8,900. And can he back up his PJ Championship performance? Sure. Um, but will he be more a lot more popular? I would say most definitely this week. So you're not getting that sneak factor, that 2% owned you did at the PGA championship. If you played him. Okay. We've never talked about it on this show and I'm taking a detour for two seconds. I apologize to everybody, but how is that putter Adam Scott's using still legal? Well, he's not anchoring it. So, I mean, the rule is, I know what the rule is. That thing is just bullshit. Well, <laughs> so the rule is, 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 is you can't, you know, if you're watching me on YouTube at the moment, you can't anchor it against your, your body and so he's got it off of his body so it is what it is i mean you know my opinion it's a stupid ass rule anyways i mean if somebody wants to put their put their putter in their belly or or put it up against their body who gives you shit golf's hard enough sure. why i mean like why are we making it harder for people you know why do we not want people to play better you know you i mean it's, it that way it makes more sense you know, it's it, but he definitely has it off of him. I mean, I know it's close, but it's the same thing with longer. I mean, they're both really close, but you know, I don't think that they would be playing that and 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 using that club if they were not for sure off their body and it being legal. Nah, that's true. Um, all right, let's get into the seven Ks. We'll talk seventy five hundred and above first. And like I've said a few times, this seven K and especially the bottom seven and the six K. I think it's going to be the make or break point in this this tournament. It's going to be really yeah. interesting. The seventy five hundred and above. You got RCB coming off a fire weekend. Uh, Norin, Leishman, Shoffle, Boosty, who made everybody so happy recently. Uh, Woodland, Na, Poulter, Sink, Grace, Moore. A lot of really good players that could have an impact this weekend here. Who are you liking in the seventy five hundred and above? Yeah, I mean. Uh... Rafa is, is, is an all right play, I guess. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of him, but he is 16th in the field in DraftKings points over the last 24 rounds and and 15th in shots gained total. So um, I don't mind him. Woodland would be more of the play for me at 7,700, I think. I mean, I don't think that this is any kind of like sneaky play by any means, but um, I do like Woodland at, at 7,700. He's he's been playing very well T to green recently, um, hitting a lot of greens, uh, in regulation, um, proxy numbers are, are okay, but at 7,700, I can definitely take a, a chance on him. Um, they finally bumped up our dude, Stu goat sink. Yep. I was, I was shocked. Me I was too. shocked. Kind of pissed now. I'm like, God, you know, cause I mean, it he makes people, me want to play him even more now. Well, people weren't <laughs> playing him at 6,800. So I'm, I'm wondering what the ownership will be at 7,500. Coming off a fourth of the PGA Championship, hasn't missed a cut since the Memorial in June. So, um, I'll play I'll play Stewart, especially like I think he's okay for cash games, um, but more so GPP for me too. But uh, Ryan Moore is another guy at uh, seventy five hundred, um, and uh, 
Uh, the reason I like Ryan is like, so last week I, I played him actually on one lineup and just followed him. So I was following shot tracker for him quite a bit. His proximity number is really good. He just could not make a effing putt. Um, so I'm just trying to back that up a little bit this week and, and see if he can get the putter going a little bit better on some different green types. So. No, I agree. I had more as well. And yeah, he was always there. And he's like the Kyle Stanley of the week. We'll get to Stanley later, but <laughs> you, you just get there and couldn't putt. It's just like, God damn, like everything we, we wanted you to do, you did it. Then you couldn't finish. Dude, I mean, <laughs> he was, he was throwing darts and just not yeah. able to make putts. But it's one of those things, you know, these pros event, like eventually that putter is going to work for this one weekend. And yeah, a beautiful thing, but uh, yeah, for me, seventy five hundred above RCB is in play for me just because of that drafting score, and he's just kind of like a a Fino type to me that with a little more accuracy. So uh, I love Fino. I think Fino can go even crazier than RCB, of course, but RCB is still very very talented, and I don't think he gets the love he deserves. He doesn't play over here that much, and when he does, it's in super good fields. So I like RCB at seventy nine. Um, Woodland, I do like that, especially in GPP coming in in much better form after that, you know, middle of the year where it didn't really go his way. He finished T13 here in 2014, if you want to go that far back. Uh, a couple others that you didn't mention. Obviously, I love Stugo. That's a, an AP staple. Um, and Ryan Moore, I agree with you on both of those guys. But Kevin Nas, very interesting, just the way his, his iron game's playing of late. Uh, he's a 7,600. And our boy Poulter, who we've been riding quite a bit. Yeah. Um, he's not going to like light the world on fire, but we've seen him contend at times. He just fell apart like a, in the, on a Sunday. But at seventy six hundred bucks, those two guys could actually come in pretty strong as well. Yeah, Poulter, I, I, I don't mind Poulter at all. He's sixth in the field in shots again total, so that's pretty good. Um, he's just he's falling apart on the weekends, and it's pissing me yeah. off. Yeah, maybe he's a Thursday or Friday showdown kind of thing. If you're going that route, <laughs> like I don't I don't dig into all that. I don't have that much time to focus on it. But I know you play it, and some others do, and that could be an angle to go there. It, it could be, um, and maybe this is the week that he shows up on a weekend finally too. So I think he's worth a, you know, a shot or two in a GPP. But I think you're going to see a lot of these guys play a little different this week because a some of them might need to stay into the top 100, and b they're all, everyone's competitive, and sometimes when you have quote unquote better competition around you, things change a little bit. So um, I'm not saying he's the tanking on purpose on a Sunday or something, but sometimes you lose your focus because it's just not the the same deal. I could be totally wrong. You know, if you're in the top 10, you should be focused anyways, but you never know some of these guys. Yeah. Let's go uh, below 7,500 where it is a laundry list, which I'm not going to list off, but still very respectable guys here. Who are you liking in the 74 and below? Yeah. I mean, Bryson's interesting at that price um, only because I think he's better than that price. Uh, just overall now where his head's at, I don't know. So I think he's kind of a risky GPP play. Um, would not play him in a cash game at all whatsoever. But uh, at 7,400, I think he's worth taking a shot on. My favorite plays is Billy Horschel. Hard to believe I'm saying that because he did block me on Twitter. I don't know if anybody knows that out when there. When did or not. that happen? Oh, like in 2015 or something. Oh, I was like, you, um, you, you touted him last week and I didn't even hear you say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's had me blocked on Twitter, which is fine. That's okay. <laughs> All right, Billy. No big deal. Um, so at 7,300, I like him quite a bit. It's kind of the same angle with Ryan Moore. He was playing really well tee to green last week, hitting a lot of greens in regulation. Just his putter the last couple of weeks has kind of fallen off, and he's a he's on the year he's a better putter than what he has been the last few weeks. So I'm hoping that he hits the, uh, the old uh, putting green a lot and figures it out. 
Um, Luke List is 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 interesting at seventy two hundred. Um, I'm sure Mayo will be all over him, so that might bump bump his ownership, and you might just want to totally avoid him because he is kind of sketchy sometimes. Um, and we're going all the way down to seven thousand, right? Yep, all the way to seven thousand. I mean, CT Pan definitely at seven thousand is is very playable. His uh, he hit the ball really well last week, and just you know the one hole he had a, I think he doubled eighteen. That was um, tough to watch, man. I didn't get to see him. any of it at all, but I, I guess he hit one OB and then yep. um, took the double or whatever. So, I mean, he's, I mean, I think, you know, if he makes a par there, then he still loses by one. Obviously, if he makes a birdie, then it's a playoff. But um, I, at 7,000, I'll, I'll be all over him. Keegan Bradley's okay at 7,000. Grillo, I've got marked just because over the last 24 rounds um, on bent grass greens. He's uh, number one shots game putting, so that's that's interesting to me. And at seven thousand, I mean, he's not like more recently teated green. I think he's kind of fallen off. Let me check his numbers. Yeah, I mean, he's not been very good teated green in his last couple outings, uh, which is weird because he's normally uh he's he's been way better than that all year. So if um, he can figure it out, you know. He's been putting really well, so I think he's worth a shot again at seven thousand. Um, so just for me, really Grillo, CT Pan, um, and and Billy Ho are my three main plays here in this in this region. I like that. Um, the CT Pan, a I wonder if his wife's on the bag again because that worked out really well. Um, it's impressive. I, I couldn't golf four rounds with my wife. I probably we wouldn't be married afterwards, but um, <laughs> like that was it was cool to watch. Like I respect the heck out of it. That was that was really cool to watch. I, I was wouldn't be able to pull it off at all, um, but uh, he played great at that price tag. I, I can't wait to see what that ownership is because a lot of people are all of a sudden out of nowhere CT Pan, you know, lovers last weekend, and we'll see if that carries over this week. But uh, I agree, Bryson's very interesting at seventy four hundred. Again, he's a mental major, he's a GPP only type play. Uh, but after Bryson, Kyle Stanley again uh, when it comes to just accuracy and irons, will the putter show up? It's the million dollar question, but. Uh, I think he makes for a good play at 7,300 on this course. Um, after those guys, I drop all the way on the 7,100 bucks. Other guys like Brian Gay, we saw what he did his last time out. Uh, you were on him last week. I jumped on him with you. Really liked what he had at 7,100 bucks. I think CH3 is another guy. He doesn't have to bomb it all over the place. He can be interesting at 71. I'd probably prefer Gay because we've seen Gay contend a lot more than Hal so far. So it makes it very interesting for me there. Uh, Keegan Bradley at 7K. You know, in a G, in a cash game, he let, I think he's a, a pretty good cash game play at seven thousand uh, dollars GPP with some upside. But I'd probably if you're gonna go GPP, the chance to win, maybe go Grillo in a or CT Pan in a cash game, go Bradley. It's kind of where I'd look at those ones there. Um, and then a last one down after CT Pan, he absolutely shit the bed on Sunday. Absolutely crushed it. But we're talking iron play and whatnot. Rory Sabatini at seven thousand dollars comes into play for me on this one. He was outstanding at a huge Saturday, making a run, and then I literally think he might have had to change his pants or something on Sunday. It was brutal. The back nine, absolutely brutal. Um, we've all had rounds like that, but I, I'd love to know. Just like that's the one where he gets have a real conversation after a round of golf. Go, hey, what happened out there? I'd love to hear him just say something like about a swing going somewhere or something. So I just want an explanation on what the hell happened out there. But, um, yeah. Did you, did you play gay last week, Brian Gay? Yes. Yes, I did. He I mean, was amazing on Saturday, especially, he, or Friday. He, he played really well, but I'm just so surprised at his ownership. I mean, it was back up to 16%. 
Well, it's um, because people love the, the always pressing pod, Jesse. And yeah, it's, yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's moving the needle, I think. Oh, yeah. We moved the needle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, if I if I had to narrow a few down here, I'd probably go Stanley, uh, Brian Gay, and Sabatini CT Pan. Those are kind of the guys I'd be. So we're, we're on some of the similar ones there for sure. Um, I'd go that direction. Now let's go to the 6K range, which is a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people. Uh, give me some of the ones you're liking down here. Yeah, and I don't think this is going to be any kind of a hot take again, but Joel Dahlman, um, I mean, he's just really, really w- played very well over his last 24 rounds. Um, he's second in shots game ball striking, eighth in DraftKings points, eighth in shots game total. He's actually got pretty good proximity numbers, hitting a ton of greens. I mean, he just checks all the boxes, 6,800. Um, but, I mean, you know, if he's going to be chalky, I would rather be on the other side of that, especially in a GPP. Now, in a cash game, he'll probably be on my cash team, and um, you know, I'll ride with him. And if he's fifty percent, whatever. Chris Kirk uh, would be my next uh, play. You know, right below him at sixty eight hundred as well. Um, another guy who reminds me of like Moore, uh, hitting the ball really, really well. And when the putter goes, eventually, you know, I talked about this last week. When the putter, when he starts making putts, he's gonna. He's going to contend. Um, one he, guy, was doing it, he, he was doing it again last week. He was just yeah. throwing darts out there. Now he played well. <laughs> he just didn't um, just didn't make putts again. Uh, Varner at sixty nine hundred, um, getting a very massive price discount from what he's been. Um, and he's actually like, if you look at his numbers recently, um, he's he lost. Well, so last week he lost shots to the green, and and his putter was actually working pretty well which is odd for him because the last, I don't know, a bunch of tournaments in a row where you have shots, shots, you know, shots gained data, he's gained shots to green. So um, I would think he'd be able to figure it out. 6,900, well worth a shot. Uh, other guys down here in this range besides those two or those three would be my main. Strillman's okay, I think. Uh, Duncan. I know he missed the cut last week, he but my, I would have been a six of six all about T <laughs> Um, you know, he could bounce back this week and and he could be a little bit less on there. Ryan Armour at sixty five, that's just a stupid price on him, I think, especially as well as he's played recently. Another guy with good proximity numbers just needs to get the putter working. Um, and like if you're going super deep, Richie Wierinski, I talked about him a little bit last week. Um sixty two hundred. Maybe. I mean, I don't know that I'll go down this far. Uh, it just depends, but it might be worth a, a, a chance. I mean, even like Watney's down here at 6,400, yeah. which, oh boy, which F him because he missed the cut last week and cost yeah. me six to six. So, but I mean, there's some names down here, man. Siwoo. Um, yeah. uh, this has got a chance to spread some ownership out, especially down here in this range. So, I wouldn't really worry too awful much about ownership in the six thousand dollar range, but I do think they're like Dahman. I think he'll be probably the highest owned. So if you want to fade him for game theory, I understand that. I agree. This is, this range is actually going to be really interesting to see. Uh, like Chappie at sixty nine, we seem to be much better in tournaments. He had that kind of rough spell again. Like a lot of these guys, it's a long season, so we're going to see that happen. And he started to kind of get it together here of late. Uh, T six uh, last time out at this tournament. Um, I don't mind him at 69, but you look at guys like eight through three, like you mentioned, I think people might overlook him here, uh, even though they've been all over him, but just with the guys around him, like with Dominic at 68 or uh, yeah, 68, who I do like a lot. I agree with you, but 
HV3 at 69 could be really, really interesting. One that I think it's really overlooked, coming off a missed cut, but had a bunch of made cuts before that. And um, he's been at this course. I know I keep referring to it, and it might not be relevant to anybody, but at this course, a T30, a T27, a T38. Charlie Hoffman's only 6800 bucks. This is a guy we've seen win golf tournaments, contend in golf tournaments. He's a much better golfer than $6,800, in my opinion. So Hoffman's interesting. I do love the Chris Kirk call at 6800 bucks. I think that's another great one as well. So that's really, really good. Uh, Abraham answers when everyone's darling. Johnny Hutt, 66, is interesting. He's actually been playing okay. I've missed cut last time out, but a couple made cuts and contending prior to that. Uh, if you want to get really weird, though, a couple guys below 65. You mentioned Watney, who I – yeah, he screwed us last week. That really did suck. Prior to that, those been playing really, really well. Um, you don't see a lot of guys making 18 to 23 cuts on the year at 6400 bucks. Uh, so that's pretty interesting to me. But uh, Nick Taylor, he's made five straight cuts coming in at the T8 last week. And that got him into this field. And he was very, very pumped. That's an interview with him. It means a lot to him. So I'm not saying it's going to matter this week. But at 6400 bucks, he's a guy that can go low because he likes to try to you – know, the bomb. He's, he's an aggressive player at this price point. So in GPPs, I can get behind Nick Taylor at 64. And then the last guy, similar to Taylor, finished T41 last week because he always has that one messed up round. But if he can be accurate at all off the tee, Keith Mitchell is very interesting at 6300 bucks. He can put up DraftKings points. He's going to have a lot of bogeys and a lot of birdies. And this course, over the three times it's been played here, the average score, not the average winning score, but the average score of everyone combined is even par. And the cut line has been plus two uh, on average out of the last three times they've played here. Keith Mitchell can keep it within plus two most of the time. I'm going to be very clear on most of the time. So um, GPP-wise, a 63 could be very, very interesting. My favorite guy down here, probably Hoffman, Kirk, Dahman. But uh, I think those might be kind of the popular ones, though. Yeah. All right. That wraps it up for the price by price uh, listing. That was fun for only 125 golfers. I like this loaded field. That was a lot of really good guys. Line construction should be crazy this week. Um, what are a couple punts that you like? Uh, your favorite punts? You got Dahman and uh, who else would you go down below six? Yeah, I mean, if you're going super deep, uh, another guy who I didn't mention, Wee Kim, I think is is okay. Uh, Armor is very playable, and Sam Ryder is another guy who I didn't mention, but he actually ranks really high on my model, and I just overlooked him somehow. So um, Sam Ryder would be, a, a th- I think, a pretty interesting punt at 6,600. Yeah, another guy that can contend if uh, he gets it going. Like I said, it was mine, Hoffman, Kirk, Dahman, those kind of guys. And if you want to go deeper, like a Watney, Mitchell, those type of deals, uh, the ones I'm really focusing on there. Um, who are your busts of the week? The old bust. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's like it's it's hard. Well, so like the the guys up top obviously would have to win. So I'm let's say day man. I got Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods sticking right. to my sticking to my guns. And under 10k, I'm going to go John Rom because this is a course that could eat him alive if he's not accurate. Yeah, under 10k, I would go. Uh, I would go speed, but that's kind of the easy way out too. But. <laughs> Uh, give me some core players for you this week. Yeah, so in the core, um, I mean, most likely we'll have Dustin jo- a lot of Dustin Johnson, but Dahlman as well, probably. Uh, Billy Horschel um, would be another guy, and s- maybe Sink. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely ZJ and Kucher are going to be two real big starting points for me. And then uh, like Molinari Fleetwood up there are some big ones for me in the 9K and above, and then Sink. 
um, RCV type guys. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a weird week. I might actually go heavier than I usually do because there's a lot of different areas I wanted to narrow this down at. But uh, ZJ Kucher for sure. They're probably gonna be like in 100 percent of whatever I do. Then I'll build around that. Who do you have winning this? Give me kind of a not long shot, and I guess a little longer shot. Um. So the I'll start with the long shot. I'm gonna go Billy Ho, even though he blocked me on Twitter. Um, non. That's great. Non long shot. I mean, DJ man. Like I don't know. Yeah. I know his odds are really short, but I don't. It, I mean, he just. I feel like every time he he pegs it, he's gonna win. He can if he makes putts. Yeah, I like DJ and Day up there. A little longer shot. I like Tommy Fleetwood this week. But if I want to go longer to make it fair for everybody. I am going to pick Zach Johnson. Ooh. All right, then. I like ZJ. I like just the way he fits his course. I really, really like it. But uh, we shall see. Any parting thoughts for our listeners as they build this week? And a pretty tough week. You know, 125 to the cut line is not going to be as many guys get cut, but still pretty – Pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, somebody did message me who's listening and said that Johnson Wagner did not keep his card. Uh, so just so that we're all on the same page there. I mentioned him earlier when he made that shot. So he didn't make the top 25 and he's not keeping his card. So sucks for him. Other than that, like as far as ownership and, and all that kind of thing goes, obviously watch fan share. Um, they have been really good recently, like you mentioned before. Um, and I do think, like we talked about, Stars and Scrubs is going to be popular because there's so many names down low. Um, you know, if you go more balanced, there's potential that, you know, you could get a little bit different and, you know, hit something, especially if some, some guys missed the cut. I thought we were having in for our first chalk slaughter in a long time last week, and then everybody made the cut. Yep, that was so close. We did it was like five percent all day long, mm-hmm. and and then I went and did something and came back. I went and played golf. I don't know what I did. Anyways, when I when I looked at it again, it's freaking fifteen percent. Yeah, I was mentioning the Slack chat. By the way, come join us in the Slack chat anytime. Throw out questions, we'll be yeah. around. But um, I remember writing in there Friday morning when cut sweats came out. I was like, when it went to minus three, it was like 5% or less, less than 5%. I'm like, yeah. oh, here we go. This is going to be wild. Yeah, I know. It was, dude, it was wild. Like it was, and, and even a lot of the chalk was making at that point, but it's just, yeah. The year of the chalk, man, I plan on after this season is over with, like going back and like looking at and just figuring out how bad of a chalk year it was. Cause this is seriously the worst year I've ever seen for PJ DFS. Yeah, and I'm hoping to God this doesn't happen for NFL DFS, but uh, maybe that's maybe that's just the way this world is going. I don't know, yeah. but um, maybe they're trying to make it that way to keep the uh, the regular users, not the quote unquote pros, from to keep playing. Who knows? But uh, with that being said, everybody, go check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I am at BD Entrick. The podcast is at Always Press DFS, and it's brought to you by TheSportsDegens.com. So go check all of that out. Uh, there'll be Lots of great content. Jesse will have his work and we'll have OAD picks and all kinds of stuff on the Slack chat, but a fan share sports, all that good stuff. And go give us a rating and review on iTunes. We'd much, much appreciate it. But with that being said, this was the 2018 Northern Trust preview. Catch you guys next time. Hey, the show goes on, 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 on,